Raising a puppy is hard, and if anybody tells you otherwise, they're wrong or not doing it correct. So in this week's episode, that's what we're going to talk about. How to properly raise a puppy and how daunting the task is. Let's talk about it next. Let's get this week's episode going. Hey, everybody. How are you? Hopefully, you're having a good week. Uh, we are getting close to Christmas since it is uh, late December when we are recording this. So, pretty exciting. Hopefully, everyone's getting ready for the holidays. Uh, I am your host, Jake, from On Dog Training Academy. We are an online dog training company. We've got a course out right now called Welcome Home. We also do virtual one-on-one lessons. So, if this is something that interests you, make sure you check out our website, ondogtrainingacademy.com. So on this week's episode, I've kind of been going back and forth about what I wanted to talk about. And honestly, when I'm setting up these podcasts, sometimes I just last minute do a little bit of a change because of current events that are happening or I just get an idea that I feel like really passionate that I need to talk about. And that's kind of what today is. So I've talked to some people recently and somebody had mentioned how easy it is to raise puppies and how they can't believe that people struggle with it. And I honestly, I don't remember who said it, but I just remember, I probably read it in a Facebook group or something. And I remember thinking, they're so wrong. Like, in order to do it correctly, and I mean correctly, it's daunting. It's a big task. And I really think that people need to understand that. They need to understand that raising a puppy isn't just, well... You buy a puppy, you get it home, and that's it, right? I mean, you could go, well, yeah, we got to potty train and do certain things like that. But I feel like people forget how hard puppy raising can be to raise a legitimately all-around good dog. Well-mannered, well-behaved, well-everything, right? And so that's kind of what I want to talk about um, is kind of some of the daunting tasks that we have to make sure we're doing as pet owners when we get that puppy in our house. And so the first thing is you have to remember that those first three months of your puppy's life are just too important to be casual about, right? Like that you can't, you can't just go get a puppy, bring it home, and then just kind of ho-hum and twiddle your thumbs for six months and just kind of hang out with your dog. There's a lot of things you have to do because in that first three months, and remember, first three months isn't first three months that you get your dog. I mean, you could, you, I mean, I would make maybe say, yeah, first three months you, after you get your dog is important as well, but basically it's less than that. You should be getting your dog at about eight weeks old, and then you really need to put the time and effort in right away to really be setting your dog up. Your dog is at a very vulnerable state uh, when they're young like that. And if we're just not doing our due diligence, if we're not taking the time to train them to do what's needed to be done, this is where so many things are created that are very difficult to undo. Separation anxiety, potty training issues that are not being dealt with, uh, resource guarding, aggression issues, shyness, you name it. The, the issues that you fear the most as a dog owner can a lot of times be attributed to 
this early development stages or the lack of doing anything about it. Now, yes, there are times genetics plays a part in it, of course. Of course, some dogs just come wired differently. But there's so many dogs, I feel like, that we are failing as pet owners that could have turned out to not have anxiety, not have resource guarding issues, if we just would have ta- or other things, if we just would have taken the time to really put that work in early. Think of it, think of it as uh, I don't know. You could think of it as an investment. You pay up front for it, and then over time, it just gets better and better. Ideally, right? That's the ideally an investment is you put your time in early, you pay for it, and then over time, it just grows and gets better. You know, it's kind of we got to think of our dogs sort of as as an investment where we have to just wait and allow it to grow and mature for it to really get good. And I feel like people sort of expect when they get this puppy that it's going to sort of figure it out on its own. And here's something I think people kind of forget about puppies when they come into your house. The first day you had your puppy, you get your puppy home is a massive shock to their system. To everything. You call it a culture shock. You call it whatever. Massive shock to their system. They're used to running around, playing with their litter mates, sleeping with them at night, biting them, barking at them, doing all sorts of puppy things. And suddenly when the dog gets home, we don't want them biting. We don't want them barking. And I'm not saying you should allow this stuff. I'm just saying you got to remember, this is what's going through the puppy's head. And now its litter's gone. And now the strangers are here giving them treats, which might be great, giving them treats, but who are they? What, what, are, what are we about? It takes time. It's a huge culture shock, right? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, here you go. You're going to be sleeping on your own, which, I mean, I'm saying you should be kenneling your dog, but I want you to understand what this dog's going through. You're going to be kenneled on your own. You're going to have to start learning these things. Your life is going to change forever from what you're used to. So we have to keep that in, in, in obviously in consideration, Um, But understand, like, your dog, your puppy comes used to thinking it's okay to bite and bark and jump and do all these different things, and it's up to us to change that. Um, We have to adapt to living um, with with a puppy. If you think your life is going to be normal when you get a puppy, you are so wrong. Early mornings, late nights, cleaning up messes, training, traveling to get training done, If you're doing online training, making sure you're doing that stuff, socializing, not taking them to dog parks at this age, do not do that. That is setting them up for failure of getting overwhelmed, overstimulated, becoming fearful of other dogs, or getting attacked by a dog who maybe just doesn't like puppies. So there's a lot that we have to do. And, And we are in so much control of what's happening in these situations. We we are the ones who are dictating who our dog gets to see, what our dog gets to experience. And if we're doing it and we're doing it in a good way, we're helping ourselves out long-term. If we're just saying, hey, you're going to hang out with my family and check out the other house dog, and I'm going to call that good enough, I can almost promise you, you're going to have problems, whether it's it's uh, social, social anxiety, social uh, uh, hyperness or whatever, because the dog doesn't get out much, or shyness, fearfulness, whatever. So, we need to make sure that we are doing the work, the legwork in. And and like I said, I, I, I say the same thing when I talk about the dog's diets. Like, obviously, we have to feed these puppies good. Because what you put into them when they're growing and developing, meant, good food, as you know as people, good food 
that's good for your brain is going to help you. Same with dogs. If we're feeding them a quality food and they're, they're getting well taken care of, they're not overweight, not only is their brain going to be growing and growing correctly and, and being able to learn or you know be taught all these things we're trying to teach them, physically they're also going to be taken care of. And we, you feed them well, you give them quality food, and ideally that sets them up for a healthy life you know, cause there's joint issues that can stem from poor weight, poor nutrition at a young age. So just a few things here. I want to talk about that. We need to make sure we're doing as puppy people. Um, when we first get our dogs is we have to start house training right away and house training means gates and everything, you name it. You gotta be, you gotta be making sure your dog cannot just go off and poop behind the couch right? Like making sure you're potty training your dog, you're supervising them, you're doing all this stuff. Also, you're ma- you're bringing some companionship, um, you know, spending the time to bond with them. Like I mentioned before, remember these dogs come from a litter and this litter has gone. Now, this is where I have to be careful about what I say, because I'm sitting here telling you a sob story about how this dog has nothing anymore, right? It's whole family and litter and everything was taken away from him and we need to feel bad for him. So now this puppy's going to sleep in our bed and, and I, I'm not going to leave it side. That is not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying, but we need to create bonds with our dogs and be like, Hey, I'm your new person. I'm your new pet. I'm your parent now. Right. And I'm your play. I'm your play friend with rules. And we're going to go, I'm going to kennel train you so you can learn some independence and you can be safely confined, especially at a young age. But I'm, I'm going to, to we're going to do this in a way that's going to really help us bond. And this bond's going to be awesome, right? So making sure we're doing that. Spend quality time with your puppy. Playing with them, training them, being kind of that all-around person. You know, if they bite you, obviously you can do corrections and things if you need to. But like training and loving on them and socializing them and building that trust and relationship with that dog is so important at a young age. Let that dog bond to you in a healthy way. Socializing them, taking your puppy into the world so they can be exposed to things. And when I say things, I don't just mean people and dogs and places. Your dog needs to understand that there are different smells in this world. There are different animals in this world it's not just dogs there's cats there's birds there's things and when you expose well i'll get into that in a second you know you also got to think about uh, um, different surfaces you've got tile grass carpet you've got if you think about uh, uh walking up some of these metal stairs that are in some facilities you've got these metal great stairs and things there's so many different like textures and stuff your dog needs to feel on their feet um, different types of food, making sure, you know, just say, Hey, have you ever had a carrot before puppy? Try a carrot, you know, like these little things that are obviously dog healthy, but socializing is so all encompassing and it's a lot of work and just kind of ho humming your way through their developmental stages is going to backfire on you. Um, when I talk about socializing, here is my biggest rule socializing your dog does not mean your dog goes out in public or your dog goes to other dogs and it's always a constant party. It shouldn't be. Your dog learning how to be neutral in those environments, eating treats with you, hanging out with you, having a good time with you, and not being concerned about the other people or dogs in that place, that is something that you guys should be striving for. Again, 
people can get lazy with their puppies and say, well, I'm going to take my dog out to this event, and then everybody sees the puppy, and everybody wants to pet the puppy. So then what happens is your dog gets either overwhelmed by all the people, or your dog starts to learn that everybody's awesome, and everybody's there for them, and then when you take your dog into public, every time it's trying to go say hi to everybody. And it sounds good on the surface, but what that really means is pulling on leash, choking, being crazy and not listening to you, being so overstimulated with with the with the thought of friendship and, and, and being pet and played with and all that stuff that the dog just tunes you out and you are invisible to them. So that is something to really be careful about. I know a lot of people who are like, yeah, I socialize my dog. He goes to this place all the time and gets to play with other people and dogs and all this stuff. And it, it you need control in those situations as well. Uh, the next one is is getting your dog just comfortable being handled. I'll you know I'll save my stories here till the end, but getting your dog comfortable with being brushed, getting your dog comfortable with with their nails being done, having their teeth looked at, their ears looked at, all these different things. Having your dog comfortable being handled is not only going to help you when it comes to grooming or being able to like examine your dog throughout its life. It's going to be really good for the vet as well. When you take your dog to the vet and you have to look at, or your vet needs to look at your dog, your dog's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with you moving paws and doing things. And another thing is if your dog encounters young kids and you're allowing your dog to meet young kids, if your dog's not conditioned to like having their ears kind of pulled on or their skin pulled on a little bit or, or whatever, that could lead to problems, for sure lead to problems. So get them used to being handled. Um, typically that involves food and, and like little massage type stuff with the dog. If they don't like it, you work them through it. You don't correct them, yell at them and force them. You work them through it. Um, the last thing then is just making sure you're getting your dog out to, to, to like training. When I say getting them out, I mean just working on training classes. If you don't, if you're not able to socialize your dog, outside of any like classes, then you need to go to physical classes. If you have the means to, to socialize your dog and, and do certain things, then even an online course like what we have would be really good for you to do. Cause then you can take your dog and, and go through a course, the online course, and then work on it while you're socializing out in public in certain places. So you have options. The whole thought of people saying, well, I couldn't get into a class is no longer a good excuse. There are some high quality, and I would like to consider our course in there as well. There are high quality courses out there that are designed to help you. So you can take online courses and learn and apply that stuff to your training, to your outings you're doing with your dog and all those things. So don't use the, I, I don't use the, I don't listen to the excuse of, well, I couldn't get into a class in time. There's always something you can be doing. Um, you know, using, you know, making sure your dog is, is, you know, good with eating with, with food motivation and, and learning the basic stuff. Last tip here before for training, obviously I said, get into classes and, and that type of stuff, which is good or get into an online course. But here's my biggest tip when it comes to training. I know it seems like it would be fun to train the tricks, shake, roll over, speak, all those things. Let's save those tricks for when they're older because what you train your puppy to right now, and that means house manners and everything too. So when you have a super young puppy, 
what you're training them in this moment is the foundation of the rest of their training. It's going to be a default. So if you're, and we get this a lot, if you're teaching shake, then I can promise you when you tell that dog to sit, the next thing that's going to come up is their paw. And that's because that's a default. Look, I don't want my dog to always think it needs to shake. I don't want my dog when I tell it to down to think it needs to roll over every time. That can come later. You can teach your dog tricks once they have a solid foundation of basic obedience. Sit, down, come, stay, wait, heal, those type of things. Then you can start adding tricks into it later. You know, Don't feel rushed to do that. Get the foundation solid first. So those are my tips, guys. And the reason... So one of the things, the reasons I decided to do this podcast this week was not only with Christmas coming and people really thinking they want to get Christmas dogs or Christmas puppies, and it's still a thing, even though I feel like a lot of people have tried to tell people, don't get, don't get Christmas dogs, don't get Christmas dogs. My philosophy, my thought of it is, by all means, you can get a dog around Christmas if that's when the dog is supposed to go home that you have been doing your research on and that you wanted and you know this is a healthy breed, this is a good whatever, or if you're rescuing the dog, it is time for the dog to come home, that's fine. But don't don't select a dog just so it can go home or be ready to go at Christmas because that lowers your selection pool and is setting you up for potential heartbreak. And that's the biggest thing. A lot of the reasons we do podcasts like this or like a lot of the ones I do is we have seen handlers get their hearts just shattered by by dogs that are, are possibly doing things that maybe could have been prevented but just weren't. And we're trying to prevent that. So, you know, I, I don't want to see – I don't like seeing shelters filled with – with young adolescent dogs because that puppy phase only lasted so long and now the dog is older, adolescent, running around, hyper, not listening, biting people, jumping. It was because you weren't on them enough when they are young and correcting it enough when they were young and now it's just leaking over to adolescent, teenage, and then into adulthood. And obviously when the dog gets bigger, those issues become more obvious and more not safe than when it was a puppy. So we just want to see dogs staying in homes, dogs being happy, reaching their ultimate. Basically, I want you guys to be absolutely in love with your dog, and I want your dog to be absolutely in love with you guys, and everybody is happy with their animals, and there's no issues arising from any of this. So that is always my goal. It is really sad to see dogs get euthanized at at very young ages because of things that we could have possibly have prevented, you know? So that's always our goal. But anyways, guys, that is going to be it for this week. I know it was kind of a downer sort of podcast. I'll try to get some more cheery ones here in the next couple weeks and not be so, you know, and, and everything. Hopefully though, this was helpful for you guys. And if you are getting a puppy or you know someone who is, definitely share this episode with them because it is going to be helpful just for them to understand like I mean I didn't even talk about the expense of puppies I'm talking about just training the dog and getting the dog to a level that's going to not have issues down the road 
we could go into we could probably do a whole episode about how expensive it is to own a dog and i actually feel like i probably have already done that i might have um and you can always look back in the archives of the podcast and and look at other episodes that have talked about things similar to this and check those out as well but guys thanks so much for watching watching whatever thanks so much for listening if you uh if you celebrate christmas merry christmas if you have other any other holidays you're celebrating guys happy holidays hopefully this time of year is good for you guys give your dogs a kiss on the head and um, just enjoy being with them because that is why we have them so guys thanks so much for listening and as always we'll see you next week good dog